0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640
1: Toronto. It is the Pinpoint House show. Dr. Lou, how are you, pal? What's going on?
2: John, good morning. I'm well. How are you? I'm
1: I'm okay. Looking forward to uh,
2: getting some activity happening today. That's good. I was out. For, I was out for a run this morning, so that's the uh, the right thing to do as the weather um, gets nicer. You and I earlier in the week were speaking about the importance of getting outside for activity. I mean, I, I'm a proponent of doing activity no matter what, and obviously during the winter months, if that means you've got to be doing it indoors, you've got to do that. And you know, obviously with uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic, that was. Uh, Um, compounded even further but now that the weather is actually getting warmer and nice enough to get out and you know when I say activity that could be a walk it could be doing some you know low-level gardening I'm not it doesn't mean you have to be breaking out into into a football match or anything like that but just (laughs) getting outside the benefits of activity are tremendous and the benefits of of activity outdoors are even better because of of so many of the added uh benefits of it like sunlight which is important for vitamin d Um, just the natural fresh air um, the mental health aspect of it to be able to get out to you know just change of scenery fresh air that's so important and so Mm -hmm. uh, i think it's really important that people do that we know that once people start getting active again and, and i we know it based on the research and we and i know it based even on what i see clinically in at our clinics at the pinpoint health clinics as these transition points happen throughout the year people are always sort of changing their activities and as they change their activity they might be going back to something that they haven't done for a period of time a good example would be something like maybe running outdoors maybe it's not something you've done for the last six months and so now you want to get back out you want to go for a run it's really important and and i i again, when you and I were speaking, John, I sort of said to you, it takes a pretty long time to build fitness. It doesn't take such a long time to lose fitness. And okay. so, you know, all those six months may not seem like a long time um, for your body and its ability to decondition. If you haven't done much during those six months, it's actually, it's actually pretty tremendous. You, you almost have, would have lost everything that you would have gained that period of time so it's really important that if you're going to get back out there which i encourage everybody to do so i'm not saying not to be active but do this in um in a modified and staggered approach right you you got to make sure that you're reintroducing this and that you're you're hardening your body towards it right so you know if you prior to the the winter were out running and you were doing i don't know five kilometers in 30 minutes uh you know then maybe maybe you might want to start with 10 or 15 minutes for the first couple of days of of a light jog um and just get out there and even more important than just you know doing that the other big thing in terms of injury prevention is warming up making sure that as you're you're getting into whatever activity you're getting your body warm you're doing dynamic things Um, to warm up your body and that could be as simple as walking rolling your arms around dynamic stretching versus static stretching is much much more important for injury prevention as you as you're getting into activity Um, you know we're used to sort of especially our generation John we're used to thinking back to gym classes where the teacher would have you just stand in one place and do a bunch of static stretches prior to get going that actually does very little for injury prevention you've got to make it dynamic that's what the research shows. It's all about getting the enzymes in our muscles. Uh, they work optimally optimally at certain body temperatures, and we've got to get our body temperature up in order to have those enzymes activated so that they can do what they have to, the muscles do what they need to, and and the, the other soft tissues, and that can help prevent injury. So that's that's really, really important for everybody to consider as they get back out into doing these things. We, we also know that injury is the biggest thing that stops people from from achieving sort of their activity goals right like people are pretty good at saying okay i think i want to start again and then they go do something and you know it with no surprise um especially if you're you know anywhere over the age of 30 that if you're doing something that you haven't done in a long time you're probably going to have some aches or pains somewhere um now some of that may also just be delayed onset muscle soreness that happens as a result of getting stronger like the workout soreness, if this is something that happens the next day, it seems to be in the muscle bellies, um, and it goes away within, you know, 24 to 48 hours, that that's probably what it is. And that that's actually a good thing, right? That that means your body broke down, you're building it back up, and it's going to get stronger. And it probably as you keep up the same level of activity, you probably won't feel that same level of delayed onset muscle soreness. But if you progress it and make it harder, you might. So that that's not a bad type of Pain right that that's sort of showing you that your body is growing and, and becoming stronger as you're doing these things Where I really caution people is you know Things that don't go away in that period of time or that are accompanied with other things Like if you start to notice swelling um, if it seems to be more right in the joints Like if you're out going for a walk and instead of you know your muscles your quads and your hamstrings being so you're, you're feeling getting your knee as an example that that may not be delayed onset muscle soreness. And, and especially if you can sort of pinpoint one area on, on that knee, uh, you know, compounded even worse, if it's got swelling, you might actually be dealing with something that is more than just delayed onset muscle soreness. So you've got to be careful with that. Right. And if it doesn't go away within 24 to 48 hours, I, I would definitely get that looked at, you know, and you could try some home remedy type of stuff in, in those, in those instances, right? I, eat some rest um, from the particular activity and see if that improves. And if it does, you know, you may just be dealing with delayed onset muscle soreness. But again, the big thing here is this is why professionals exist. And we know that as people, when people don't achieve their activity goals, a lot of most of the time it's due to an injury that they just can't Get through or they try to fight through on their own, you know It's hurting and they keep pushing through that run every day and they think that they'll be able to do that forever And then you know fast forward two weeks and all of a sudden they you know They're in severe low back pain where they can't move so these are not things you should push through if you've got something going on um, And it's not getting better pretty quickly I really do encourage you to to get that looked at as soon as you can because in the acute phase is where, you know, therapeutic intervention is going to be extremely helpful and likely yeah. do almost eliminate the the issue so that you can get back to the activity that you want to be doing.
1: And uh, info at pinpointhealth.ca. Reminder, of course, the Pinpoint Health clinics, uh, Dr. Lou's clinics are open. They're serving, they're helping people, so don't hesitate to uh, to get a hold of Dr. Liu and his, uh, his amazing staff in that regard as well. Yeah, you know, talk about that delayed onset soreness. First of all, guys who work out like you and I and anybody else listening, we love that. We get ticked off if it doesn't happen. <laughs> But, you know, to your point off the top about, uh, you know, you haven't done anything really strenuous for for quite a bit of time or exercise and getting back to what your body lost, never mind six months, man. I find, you know, if if you're at a reasonably – good level already you take 3 days off and your cardiovascular already starts to suffer it's so depressing you know that that bag of fried pork rinds takes 6 months to get rid of but when you're in shape and you're breathing and you're riding your bike or running you take 3 or 4 days off for for work purposes or whatever it's amazing how fast your body goes yeah you know what i'm good i'm going to i'm going to dial it back a little bit it's, it's it's actually it's funny but it's a pain in the ass
2: <laughs> yeah and and you know it's i believe the stat on that is actually- actually that when it comes to cardiovascular fitness that you achieve like with whatever activity you're using the example mm-hmm. of cycling if you don't do that activity for 2 weeks you, uh, is it 2 or 3 weeks you lose about half of whatever achievement you have there so so that's pretty so that means within like a month right or 6 weeks if you don't do that activity that's every, and and that's the biggest thing john with injuries right like that's what what we really worry about even with athletes when we're trying to like you know that's why the early intervention when people feel something early on you don't want to get to the point where especially if you've achieved a goal or you're achieving a goal that you're you've set out to to do with your fitness you don't want to get to a point where something's going to knock you off for a month Or six weeks because that that almost sets you right back to wherever you started and to achieve that same level of fitness as you know John and as you're saying might take six months eight months a year in some cases it depends what we're talking about what level of fitness we're talking about Um, so so that that's you know pretty staggering right in terms of how quickly you can lose that and it's really important that I think you know again people make sure that when they're feeling these early hints of a problem Um, As you're getting back into fitness that you do your best to 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 get it looked at at that point Because that's really when the best solutions are available and I and I've talked about that for you know Five years on this show in the acute setting is always when you're gonna have the best impact with musculoskeletal injuries The minute you start letting these things go on and on and on it gets so much more complicated doesn't mean it's impossible But I mean, I think we could all agree that we we'd prefer simple solutions over complex solutions
1: Email is info at PinpointHealth.ca. And we'll continue Pinpoint Health Show right here, Global News Radio.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
2: Yeah, so we're talking about the benefits of getting out and and doing your activities outdoor, and uh, and you know the, with the change in in season and the change in activity that people will probably do at this time, sort of some of the injuries um, that will happen, and just to sort of get into some of the more common uh, injuries that happen at that uh, during this time as people get out, um, you know, I think things like knee pain is obviously it's a constant one with any type of activity but obviously as you're getting back out and a lot of whatever you're probably doing includes a walking or running component um that that's going to be important especially as you get back to walking outdoors people during the winters may have been using their treadmills or whatever other uh, fitness devices they have in their homes that's never the same as walking outside right once you get out outdoors or you're hiking or running outdoors, there's different undulations and the way things shift and whatever. And so that can create a lot of mechanical issues in the knees, the feet, um, the hips, all the way into the low back. Um, Another big thing that's always prevalent, like I mean, if we talk about when it snows we're going to talk about low back pain but as we talk about the spring and gardening it's equally the same because people will spend a lot of time sort of in a bent posture whether it's cleaning up their yards or whatever it may be and that and that creates this thing called creep um in the in the ligaments and the muscles in the spine which creates an instability um and that's where injury is likely to happen so that that's an important thing too so you've got low back pain you've got hip pain knee pain uh, foot pain, these are all very, very common things that we'll see during these times of the year. They're really common all the time uh, because everything sort of includes those things. Uh, but again, if if you're dealing with these things, um, it's really important that you get looked at. You know, especially, say, something like foot pain. Foot, foot pain is sort of a monster in the sense that anyone that's had something, say, a plantar fasciitis, which is one of the more common things that happens in the foot, they could tell you, it's so difficult to treat and so people that have had it and practitioners that deal with it you know the patient will tell you how how horrible it is and how impossible it is to 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 get better and to you know get it under control and the practitioner will tell you the same and the reason for that is because you can never really completely rest your foot right so if if you had a hand injury as an example Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you saw me and I said, John, I'd like you to sort of, you know, minimize your activities with that hand. Sure. Okay, no problem. It's a lot easier to do that than it might be in most cases, obviously. Uh, it, it, it'd be a lot easier to do that versus uh, say something like saying, hey, don't walk as much if if you've got to walk. Yeah. So um that's a really difficult thing when it comes to lower extremity injuries and and the reality as you get into most of these things you always want to make sure that there's no structural damage like as a practitioner my job if someone comes in with these things is you want to make sure that there's nothing there that's structural right you haven't torn anything or broken something because that that's going to require a different level of intervention but once that's cleared out of the way the vast majority of the time what you're dealing with is a functional issue um, and that functional issue may be a result of, you know, some simple things. Maybe the footwear that you're using to do that particular activity. Um, maybe the way you're doing that particular activity. Maybe there's a modification that can be included that, that can make it simpler for you. Um, so these are all very simple things. A lot of the times it might also be inherent weakness that you functionally have. And, and what that might call for is, is some rehabilitation of certain muscles or certain structures in the body to get that area up to par with what it should be so that you can endure the activity so it doesn't mean that when you see somebody for these things that they're going to tell you to stop that's in fact Often the opposite, any good practitioner, really what they want to do is is ha- is help you achieve your goal if, if your goal is to to be running, we want to help you achieve that goal and that and that's the benefit of seeing a professional because ultimately what what happens most often when people sort of try to deal with these things on their own is that as the pain gets worse, that will eventually have them stop that activity completely and 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 so and then you're sort of left you know where you don't want to be and so again, it's 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 really valuable to have a professional look at these things and understand the mechanics of the body and these are services that are offered at pinpoint health clinics but not only at pinpoint health clinics there's a lot of professionals out there that that do this type of stuff and and again i encourage people to utilize the system correctly um... and and get that type of advice if they need it
1: i think to your point a good practitioner you're dealing with will tell you you know you gotta fix this this it's because you just got back to it. Maybe you're a little out of shape, but don't stop what you're doing. I mean, I, t- I look at the, you know, you mentioned running. I look at cycling, which is kind of what I'm into. And, yeah, for the first couple of weeks when you get back out there on the trails and cycle, you might have a little bit of a knee gripe, and you might get some saddle sores on your ass from the bike seat, but you gotta you just temper it and work through it because you're eventually going to build up that callus again. I, and I think that goes for any sport. And any any you know practitioner I've talked to said, yeah, okay, here's how you deal with it, but don't let it stop you. There's a bit of a work-through-it right. attitude as well, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and I guess the, the benefit of a professional or a practitioner is you can identify when it's a work-through-it versus, okay, you've got to stop, right? Like if there's mm-hmm. structural damage, you know, if you're going for a run and you're getting pretty severe knee pain and it, it turns out you've got a torn meniscus that happened on your first time out there and you're not realizing that, well, you've got you've got to remedy that, and that that might make you stop running. but you know, I, I, the meniscus issue is a good example where maybe we might have you stop running, but we might encourage you to cycle, right? because we right. know that 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 might put less pressure on the meniscus. so that that is the benefit of working with a professional is is they'll understand the modifications that need to be made to sort of keep you active. And also, listen everyone wants to avoid the more invasive procedures like surgery and things like that and and even surgeons want you to avoid those things if you don't need them but the reality is if you're at a point where you need it like an example being a meniscus that gets stuck and causes locking in the knee i mean whether like whether you think surgery is a good idea or not a good idea in that case it's almost the only solution and 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 it's sort of an emergency thing and you've got to get it done because the damage that that can cause long term is so much greater and and again everybody including the surgeons themselves i work with with a few of them i know i know their approach they want to avoid people doing surgery they want them to use the more conservative measures first and eliminate those things as options before jumping to surgery um because it's a more invasive option and you know they want to make sure that you've done everything else and if you can symptomatically get better with other interventions that's not a bad thing but if you're at the point where surgeries something that someone is recommending um it might be an important thing to really consider and i and i sort of deal with this quite a bit where i see people um who might be surgical candidates for one thing or another um and, and they really come in saying well i i don't want to do it but i want my pain to disappear and you know there's there's only so much right that can be done at certain points and this is where understanding the progression through uh, the different levels of uh, of treatment intervention is important and why that acute scenario dealing with things, and that's the benefit, again, of what I was saying earlier about dealing with these things in the acute scenario, is in that acute scenario, that's when the conservative options are are likely going to be the best and strongest thing anyways that you can do. So, again, it takes it takes an approach of understanding, and, and no one is inherently born with this knowledge of, of the human body, right? It's not just something that... You know, we wake up and we understand. And, and that's why the utilization, especially of musculoskeletal healthcare professionals, is so important. People like chiropractors, physiotherapists, athletic therapists, massage therapists. These are people that are pretty well only trained in that area for that reason. And they can help guide you through these things, through your injuries. And also, you know, prevention of those of, of likely injuries that might occur as a result of the things you do.
1: The Pinpoint Health Clinics uh, to reach out is one Doctor 55 Lou D-R-L-O-U, by the way. When does someone, is there, a, I guess we'll take running or walking, for example. At what point does someone say, you know what, I've had a bit of a pain here. It's getting a little bit worse. At what point should they think about pulling the plug of going to get someone to look at him? Not rushing off to the eMERGE, but getting to someone like no. that, you. Know? I mean, where, where's, where's the, where, where do you set that, Brian? Like, how do they know? At, at what point is just a little bit of getting back into exercise versus this might be something acute that I need to get looked at.
2: Sure. Yeah. And, and I think some of the things that I offered at the beginning uh, of speaking about this, like where exactly is the pain? Uh, mm-hmm. Is it more in the muscle bellies? Is it something that you felt similar to other times when you've worked out and are getting stronger? Or is this something that seems to be more in the joints? Uh, are there other concerning things associated with it, like sw- visible swelling or bruising or something like that. And and I think the biggest indicator is if it's not gotten better within 48 hours, right? Like that that yeah. that's a true, and you know, John, like if you've got delayed onset muscle soreness from a chest workout, typically within two days, you're going to be pretty well 90% better from that. You might have a little residual tightness at end range, but you're overall going to be much better. So I would say that that's a good thing. Like, you know, if, you, if you've gone 48 hours and you haven't improved uh substantially just doing the normal things that you would do you might be dealing with something that that might be a little bit more serious um and and so i think that's a good time to get something like that at least investigated. and you know the the other problem that i see in the musculoskeletal world is people start to have these things and they go to someone who may not be as well versed in the musculoskeletal health and it's like well they've they've ordered an mri and it's like that could take three or four months to get right yeah when it comes to musculoskeletal health, the physical exam that the practitioners that I mentioned can do is the most value. It's not the specialized imaging. The imaging is really there to help confirm or deny what's, what we believe. I mean, we've had orthopedic surgeons for the knees on, on this show. And, and when we're talking about like meniscal injuries and we ask them, like, you know, do you prefer the MRI? And, and they sit there and say, no, we prefer our physical exam understand because the mri is really something that's needed just to you know you're 99 percent of the way there and you want to 100 confirm it before you go in surgically and i struggle with this because i see people who don't get better and i say well have you seen anybody and they say yeah well i went to a in clinic or whatever it may be um and they said that for my knee i need an mri but I, and and but that's booked three months out and in the last six weeks they've done nothing and and that's yeah. that's a, the wrong approach, right? That that's not the right approach. There needs and and even worse, John. We've had people on the show that call and you know per, post-surgical people or people that are in pain, and and whoever they saw didn't even recommend that they need any type of physical intervention. And it's and it's just crazy because most physical problems require some type of physical intervention, and and most of them can be identified with a good clinical exam and not necessarily specialized imaging. That's not always necessary. And we know that, again, based on the best research, the best practice guidelines out there, and clinical experience of anyone that deals in this realm of, of sort of health.
1: You want to uh, email Dr. Lou anytime, info at pinpointhealth.ca, and to reach him, 1-855-55-DRLOU, D-R-L-O-U. Don't hesitate. We'll be back with more after a short break, Pinpoint Health Show here on Global News Radio. Welcome back, Pinpoint Health Show. You want to reach out to Dr. Lou uh, when the show is not on? 1 55 Dr. Lou, D R L O U, info at pinpointhealth.ca. In that regard, going to uh, get right over to it. Stan. Hi, Stan. Hello. Okay. Hey, Stan, there you are. What's going on, pal?
3: Uh, listen, uh, I have two teenage daughters, age 13 and 16, that are runners. And uh, my question is Does OHIP cover any of the costs going to see a, a clinic like sports medicine clinic like pinpoint
2: um, so it, it, it depends on the clinic that you're going to see some services some sports medicine physicians might be covered by Oh orthopedic surgeons um, there is some coverage I believe for physiotherapy like post-operatively and things like that or for seniors um, the vast majority of the time um, it's it's private insurance I see <laughs> Debbie's comment on the call screen here John okay, um, sure the injured she it seems like she's doing physio but not getting better um which is something that you hear a lot right so number one not all treatment is equal right like just saying physio isn't the same as everything else it it really depends well what is the intervention there's a lot of different things that can be done in the physical medicine space the the first question becomes are you lining up the the diagnosis the problem with the right intervention Um, second of all, what's often a big problem is that there's too much of reliance on passive intervention, which is the things that someone else does does to you versus the reliance on. And as you move through your, your progress, you need to rely much, much more on active care, which is the rehabilitation and the strengthening that you need to be done. And a lot of people that I meet will say, I'll say, you know, have you been given things to do? And they'll say, yeah, I've been given some stretches it's a lot of the times it's more strengthening than it is simple stretches. So I don't know. I know we missed Debbie, but maybe that helps her uh, with what, with what her question may have been.
1: Anthony, thanks for, uh, for hanging on. How are you?
3: Oh, good. Thanks. How are you doing?
1: Good, sir. What's on your mind?
3: Well, um, I suppose it was about 18 months ago. I was diagnosed with a torn rotator. Now I did the, so we started out with the ultrasound. Then we went to the MRI and they sent me to a clinic here in Mississauga. And basically, the they were supposedly a rehab specialist. And I asked her what we could do. And, you know, within one sentence, she basically came up with absolutely nothing. You have what's called frozen shoulder. She said, mm-hmm. because of your age, 95% of the people of your you know, male, whatever, get it. You just have to kind of let it run its course and the only problem is i'm an aircraft mechanic and my shoulder it, it you know i've got you know i'm right-handed i'm lucky but i still do have to do yeah, it's
1: necessary
2: things. yeah so i mean frozen assuming it is frozen shoulder which i you know i'm, I'm going to assume that based on what you've said um you know it's definitely not an easy thing it doesn't go away quickly but it, it's also there's not there's also more than nothing that can be done, I guess, is, is what I'd like to say. Um, um, you know, you don't have to leave it just up to time. There are some some conservative interventions, exercises, and other um, physical medicine modalities that can be done to help expedite the period of time it takes to get through it. Um, it by no means is a quick fix, right? Like the frozen shoulder is not one of those things that, you know, two or three treatments and you're brand new. It, it could take... Frozen shoulder. You know the natural history of a sh- frozen shoulder. If you do nothing at all, is somewhere between eighteen months to twenty-four months. Um, so yeah. you know, with intervention, if you can cut that say in half or by two-thirds, that that's a realistic goal. Um, but yeah. but definitely something something can be done. Um, there's more than nothing for sure.
3: So what are we looking at? Is there physio
2: or? Yeah. So again, I'm. I'm always hesitant to say, it depends on your specific case, right? I haven't assessed you uh, specifically, so I'm going to assume what you're saying is frozen shoulder, but if you came to see me, I'd want to
4: yeah, no, I understand.
2: I understand, but I would do my due diligence as a professional, and once we figure it out, I'm answering the question more, assuming it is frozen shoulder, there are things that can be done. Yes, uh, different interventions, different therapies can help with with frozen shoulder for sure. Okay.
3: Okay. Okay, thank you. Thanks,
1: Anthony. I know your your next question was probably uh, how do I how do I do that? Well, here's how you reach out. So you go to one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U and uh, info at pinpointhealth.ca. Anthony, you put you uh, put you on the right track. Basically, what is frozen shoulder? What's he speaking of?
2: frozen shoulder is um, so if we look at the bones in in the shoulder there's a capsule that surrounds them the medical term is adhesive capsulitis so when that capsule just completely tightens um, we don't understand actually why it happens it does happen more commonly in the elderly people who are diabetic and and if there's been previous shoulder injury but for whatever in, in certain instances that capsule will just tighten up and what ends up happening is they essentially lose range of motion. So they're unable to move because of how tight it is. And some of the therapeutic intervention is just really on trying to break that up. There's also in extreme cases, you can do surgery for it where you can release the capsule. So that's why I'm a little confused about someone saying there's nothing that can be done. Um, There's definitely stuff that can be done. Again, it's not simple. It's not one of those things that's, you know, one or two times and and you're brand new. It can take uh, some time, but, but there's still something that can be done for sure.
1: We're not sure how old Anthony was, but is this is this an no. age-related thing? It doesn't matter.
2: It can be. Uh, yeah, yeah, it tends to happen more often as people get uh, older, for sure. But um, I've also seen it in very young people because sometimes it also follows trauma of some sort. Um, so uh, again, there there is stuff that can be done for it. That that's the good news for Anthony, and and we'll make sure we have someone call him.
1: All right. Where do you want to go? We still got a couple minutes before we break. I know you got lots more to cover.
2: Yeah, well, so, so going back to actually Anthony's, uh, the way he started the call where, again, it was sort of that thing on reliance on um, ultrasound and, you know, yeah. for the shoulder. And that's one of those things like if we took 100 people right now and we ultrasound their shoulders, we're going to find levels of anomalies, which mean things mm-hmm. that aren't ideal. So we're going to find some tearing and some other stuff that doesn't necessarily equal what the cause of the pain is um and that's the problem with a lot of this imaging it's 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 really the job of the radiologist is to comment on everything that they see it doesn't matter whether uh it's they don't know because they haven't done the clinical exam but most times if you see it'll say impression and it'll often say correlate with a clinical exam so you know when i see tearing on a uh, on uh on an ultrasound or an MRI, the next thing I want to know is their weakness in in that muscle. Is is it or can it even? Does it even function? Um, right. So this is the reliance again. Going back to why it's so very important to have a good uh, clinical exam for these types of problems, and not just the reliance on on imaging.
1: You know, you, you say that all the time, and people just they put so much reliance on imaging. Sometimes they figure, oh, I, I don't think the physical exam is is as important because. You know they they rely on technology and good old fashioned you know touching and feeling I mean you in, know in a, in a physical sense of of feeling a, a problem with someone's knee or shoulder they don't put much reliance in it anymore everybody wants a computerized image right
2: Yeah and, and it's not just as simple as just touching there, there's a lot of different tests that can shear different structures and and check their integrity and that right. is really what is more important is clinically what is the person presenting like uh versus right. what the imaging shows and you know what sometimes the imaging does correlate with the findings sure. i'm not saying that it does it doesn't line up but the statistics on it are about 50 50 so it's a coin wow. toss
1: Reaching out info at pinpointhealth.ca through email. It's Pinpoint Health Show
0: Continues, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: Back here, a few minutes left to go. Got, uh, got Debbie on the line now. Hi, Debbie. Good morning
4: hi good morning what's going on um well i've been in physio for about two months now i um i have a really bad right shoulder um my profession was grooming i was a dog groomer and i sold my business and what i did from june till uh september last year was insane after the covid right closing down and opening and doing keeping up with the backlog and um I came home, and slowly my shoulder started to hurt, and I think because I stopped doing all that repetitive motion. And then, um, so I finally decided to go to physio, and uh, I mean, it was right from my shoulder blade to my top of my arm, down my arm, even in my rib cage down at my side, I could feel it. And um, she's got me doing sleeper stretches. Like, my arm could only do about 10% mobility. Sleeper stretches... Um, with the forklifts and using that shockwave machine on me which felt good it did feel like it loosened up a lot of the muscles but I went skiing two weeks ago and then I I reached over to get my purse behind my seat and oh my god I thought I was going to pass out the pain was just incredible and now I'm right back to where I was and so I'm I'm I have another appointment on Tuesday, and I'm thinking, I need an MRI, <laughs> you well, know? And, so, I
2: mean, uh, if you've done something to aggravate it, then it makes sense why you would symptomatically be worse, right? So I don't right. um, even – you you might very well. I mean, anytime someone's not getting better, you, you um, will need to be reassessed. Again, whether an MRI is of value or not, I think I'd leave that up to whoever the treating professional is. Like, I can't comment on that because I'm not – Right. Um, treating your shoulder but again to get an MRI is going to probably take you six months right so if you do if, it, if, if you don't achieve something in that period of time um, th- that's not going to be good in terms of the, the prognosis so uh, I think a lot of the times it's about like how much therapy have you done prior to this exacerbation with skiing.
4: Um, I've been going once a week, plus doing all the home exercises, but I've even stopped doing the home exercises right now because I'm too afraid to agitate it, you know?
2: Yeah, so this sounds like a, an example of, were you, prior to this exacerbation, were you getting better?
4: Yeah, I felt better, but still yeah, still very painful in my, like, the, yeah, it, it was getting better, yeah.
2: Yeah, so so then you've done that now, now, so you were getting better, you were on the right track, and you, you did something to sort of put you backwards a little you'll just have to sort of deal with with that i'm sure the therapist whoever you're seeing will will sort of address this and you know this is the big thing about being when you have an injury it's also you've got to mitigate the things that you do that can exacerbate that injury um because you know that can set you right back but that's that's what it sounds like happened here
4: yeah i just wanted to make sure like my tenants weren't shredded or something you know because i don't know it's just um uh certain movements I just don't have it you know like I've I've been dropping things and like I think I've broken three glasses in the last two weeks yeah
2: yeah so uh, you know you might need a neurological exam that type of stuff again these are all things that are clinical exams more than they are um, an MRI like in terms of assessing for um, weakness there there's motor testing that can be done clinically um, to determine whether that's actually the case or not.
4: Do I, do I go through my uh, physiotherapist or do I go right to my GP?
2: Oh, your physio should be well, well enough equipped. I, I don't know, right? Like, the reality okay. is it's always difficult. I know a lot of good physios. I know a lot of bad ones. I know a lot of good GPs. I know a lot of bad ones. It's yeah, it, You exactly. know, if you trust the people that you're seeing and they seem like they're knowledgeable, there's no red flags, then I think you're yeah. in good hands. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Okay. Well, they did offer me okay. a small shot. Okay. Thank you very much.
2: No problem.
1: Thanks, Debbie. Really appreciate uh, really appreciate your time, and thanks for calling through. and uh, And best of luck. You want to reach out to uh, to Doctor Lou? You can. It's one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U. Info at pinpointhealth.ca as well. That is uh, that little phone call right there is kind of what goes on when you're talking to someone generally on the phone for for a quick assessment. It's it's interesting. I could I could sense a little bit of relief in her voice already, but it's it's just digging a little deeper, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's not a bad thing to just see if someone's on the right track. I I don't hear anything there that's super concerning in terms of the like red flags on the therapist mm-hmm. side. Um, you know, but that is a classic example of what people will often happen with people as they're going through a process of getting better. They go do, they feel better so they try to do some of the things um that they would otherwise do and and that can aggravate your symptoms. And if it aggravates your symptoms, you might have uh, aggravated the structure whatever the pathology is that's going on and so now that can set you back that that's a big thing setbacks are, are are a big thing that we deal with in in the treatment world um when when people don't sort of stick with the game plan and that i don't mean that to say that it's her fault like things just happened it could have been yeah. anything right the, but setbacks do happen um and and so people have got to consider that and that's why part of the what the therapist or the doctor, whomever it is, should be doing is also educating people on the things they need to be avoiding, right? You've almost, they've almost got to become like, almost like a planner for you for the next little bit. And that's what I try to coach patients on is like, you know, here's your problem. Here's what I'd like you to do. But along with what I'd like you to do, here's what I'd also like you to avoid completely. Or here's what I'd like you to do your best to avoid if possible, or whatever, whatever variation of that. But there's some things where I, I give a hard line, and I'm like, don't do that. Right. Like yeah. and I also will tell people if you're thinking of doing something, run it by me first if you're unsure. Right. Like send me an email, call me or when you're in to see me, just ask me, hey, I'm planning on doing this. What do you think? And a lot of the times it's not an absolute no, don't do it. But it might be, well, try that. But, you know, try to do this modification or try to uh, avoid this part of it or whatever it may be. And that, and that's where there's got to be constant communication between the healthcare professional and the patient as they go through the process. Of of that injury management and, and pain management program,
1: yeah, it's good because they also have to play the mental game and not get down if you know they get back up and they fall down again and you got to pick them up and try something else. I know that's a, that's a big part of it as well is you know just keeping them focused at the task at hand. At there, you know, there probably is a way to get through this thing, but you might have some ups and downs along the way too, right?
2: absolutely and and treatment is never linear in terms of getting better there's some days i always tell people like i I can look you know at an injury and say okay i typically know that this type of injury like the frozen shoulder is a good example like i know that this might take you know 12 months what we're looking for is that in 12 months you're better than you are today but if we look at three weeks from now you might not necessarily feel, feel better than today there might be ups and downs and we've got to continually do our job to reassess to make sure that the diagnosis is still right and that we're moving on the right path, right? Like that's the job of the practitioner. But yeah, it, that, it's not always a perfectly linear process. It, it is something that um, can, can have its ups and downs, but over a period of time, what you'd like to see is that there's a beneficial change.
1: You want to reach out now that we are done for this show this week? You can do so really simple. Uh, Just make that phone call. Talk to Dr. Lou and a member of his team, 1-855-55-DRLOU, D-R-L-O-U. If you're into podcasts, you can check out the long-form podcast called The Lou Down, wherever you get your favorite ones. There's great stuff on there as well. And email info at pinpointhealth.ca. The clinics are always expanding. They're open. They're serving you. They're helping people. So don't hesitate to uh, to contact Dr. Lou and his staff. We'll catch you next time on the Pinpoint Health Show. This is Global News Radio.
0: The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.